1: complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.
0: Uh, they lost 200,000
2: subscribers, and they're expecting to lose 2 million in uh, the next quarter. Not a surprise. There's 1 billion streaming services now. Yeah. yeah. So all of them that, stepped uh, up last year, and they're advertising like crazy, so that's just going to dig into your share. The CEO is the idiot Reed Hastings,
0: who has spent enormous amounts of money, he and his wife, on George Gascon and Gavin Newsom.
2: Yeah, I know. I feel bad every time I watch a Netflix show. I really should drop it. Me but... too. Me <laughs> too maybe a few people quit Netflix because of that. I also heard that they're losing a lot because of all the password sharing. Yeah. And Some of the companies are trying to figure out a way to crack down on that because one person buys the membership by the subscription and sure. then shares it with a hundred people.
0: Yeah. They're all watching it. Or yeah, they share it. They share it in families.
2: Yeah. I did that with my parents. I mean, they're both passed away now, so it's not really a violation anymore, but I did share mine with them for a well, while. Yeah. It's a lot of money.
0: You know, I think a lot of people, if they can't share it, they'll There's say, it well, like
2: 20 uh, a month or something. I forget how much I pay.
0: Though they just jacked it up. I think it is close to 20.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, we're celebrating uh, Freedom from Face Diaper Day. Of course, it all began yesterday with this federal judge's decision, a judge appointed by Donald Trump in the state of Florida, concerning masking on public transportation. And most of the uh, emphasis on the story is over what's going on with the airlines. Let's bring on Alex Stone, ABC News, for KFI to talk about all this.
0: Well, this has upset a lot of the mask holes in society, the maskaholics.
1: <laughs> well, it has. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of people who are very angry about it now. But there are also a lot of people who have been celebrating it and cheers on board planes yesterday. Um, but it gets confusing that the most airlines, many airports are saying masks are optional now. But it depends on where you go. You land in New York. Newark is mask optional, being in New Jersey, but you go to JFK or LaGuardia, you got to have a mask on. And Philadelphia, their rule went back in yesterday, so you land in Philly, you got to have a mask on. But now it's this debate of, okay, where do you have to wear it? What is local? What is federal? You're going through a TSA checkpoint. They've said they're not going to enforce it, but you're in the terminal or you're at the boarding gate. Uh, what do you do? And uh, these folks flying out of Philly today. I'm so excited. I'm so tired of wearing these things. Yeah. And I can't wait to go home and burn all my masks. Yeah, there you safe. go.
2: Because
0: even when people get into vaccination and stuff, people are still getting sick. Now they're taking the masks away. How safe is that?
1: But the uh, kind of weird part is Mr. that they're safety. telling you. In the uh, in the terminal that you got to have it on when you're not uh, directly next to people, then when you get on board the plane, they're saying, "Okay, you can take it off in Philly. Uh, Is the, that the, right? now you're good." So well, that's it, uh, they
2: brought he, back the indoor mask rule. That's right.
1: Yeah, uh, in Philly they did. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yesterday, mid-flight, the announcement comes out. <laughs> uh, we've got Wi-Fi and live TV on planes. It's not like it used to be. People were going to know immediately. Captains were coming on and saying, "Hey." just announced you can take off your mask uh, this was on a United flight Masks are
0: no longer required on uh, US domestic flights please feel free to keep wearing them if you would like to uh, but this goes for both employees and passengers it is now an option
1: flight attendants uh, they went down the aisles with trash bags people throwing them in the flight attendants <laughs> ripping them off and but there are some very angry passengers today who are saying look when they bought their ticket when they got their boarding pass that they essentially had to agree to a contract that it said everybody on board has to wear masks. And these are people with young children who have not been vaccinated and uh, young enough that they can't wear a mask. And they're saying this they should have waited until every plane was on the ground. They had no way to get off. Oh no. They had, they had agreed to the, the masks and everybody else had to, and all of a sudden they're God. they're ripping them off and there was nothing that they could do. This is Sarah Murray flying out of LAX.
2: We've got a little one here who's too young to be vaccinated, so we're going to be a little bit cautious for now. It's not safe. And uh, while we are in the airport and on the plane,
1: we're going to be wearing our masks. Delta Airlines put out a statement a little while ago. Uh, I don't have it word for word in front of me, but pretty much was saying, well, you know, we're sorry if anybody was uncomfortable, but we're doing what we can and safety is our priority and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. what we going to
2: do. Kind of, you
1: got to live life.
2: There yeah, is so, some and, well, one-way masking does provide some safety, right? Little <laughs> bit, but you remember the whole thing during the pandemic of out
1: not in, that, uh, you know, or the, that it was what was coming out, that was right. catching everything. I wouldn't um, leave the house.
0: I would just, you know, stay behind closed doors.
1: Yeah. United uh, about five minutes ago announced that we just uh, got it from them. They're going to allow some customers who were banned because they had been unruly over masks. They're going to be allowed to return to United. (laughs) So even those who got into a fight that uh, case by case, they're going to review it and maybe allow them back. Uh, That's another thing. I mean, they ended up with
0: thousands of fights, uh, fights on board the plane. Was it really worth imposing that that silly rule? when it wasn't particularly effective anyway with with the filtering system they have there was very little risk well uh, at least what the uh, airlines have been saying in the, just, the
1: last couple of weeks of that it created more trouble than than it was actually fixing where we are with the numbers right now they had been on board with the the masks all of the, the airlines as a group but these last couple of weeks they'd been saying enough that it's creating fights on board the numbers would indicate it's not needed any longer and that's why it would seem that the Biden administration now is saying, you know what, whatever. They they were going to get rid of it, most likely, anyway, in about a week and a half. Not worth fighting it now. Biden was asked today, should people wear masks on board? And he said, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, They're not going to. No only appeal. Reason, what's that? No appeal. No appeal. The only reason why, and, and we kept thinking maybe they're going to do it yesterday, and airlines were thinking the same thing, saying, We're not bringing down the mask mandates yet. They were waiting on the federal government. They didn't want to allow them to come down, and then the appeal comes in, and the appellate court puts a stay on it, and then they've got to go back up. The only thing that they may appeal on is down the road. The the judge saying that the CDC and TSA did not have the authority to to do that, that if the, the White House wants to say what if there is a really bad variant down the road and they have to bring them back, If they don't have the authority to do that, how would they do it? But for now,
2: at this moment, no, they're not going to do it. All right, Alex, thank you very much for that report. You got it. Thanks, Thanks. Alex Stone, ABC News. I wondered that yesterday during the show. I said I wonder if the word's going to get... To people who are actually on planes right now. And what, are, how are they going to react? I did see the video oh, of a whole bunch of people screaming and yelling when the flight attendant. So yeah, they, yeah, they threw out their masks.
0: Oh my i sit on a plane, uh, you know, for, like for four hours. Because masks get hot and, and moist and
2: smelly. It's just, it's disgusting. But I do understand people bought tickets with the impression that masks would be required. Mm. And then suddenly yeah. they're all ripped off during the flight. Push the exit door and uh, pull a parachute. Push the exit door and pull a parachute. Mm
0: -hmm. That's right. If you're so uncomfortable. There's always a way we all do
2: that? We've had enough of a flight?
0: (laughs) People whine about the stupidest things. Go watch
2: some Ukrainian
0: war coverage, all right? Good Lord. Yeah, you're, you're sitting next to someone without a mask for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. It's so unsafe. It's such a terrible danger. Jesus Christ. Stop
2: it. Well, we'll take a closer look at whether or not masks were effective, particularly when it comes to this country and the pandemic uh, when we come back.
0: John and Ken KFI, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All
2: right, we still have the gas card uh, giveaway to come in the 5 o'clock hour here on the John and Ken Show. That's right, KFI is giving you a chance to win a $100 gas card all day long. Uh, you can win with Bill Handel at 9 a.m., Gary and Shannon at 11. We do it in the 5 o'clock hour, and your last chance for the day comes at 7 p.m. with that Tim Conway Jr. guy. Uh, John Tierney is a contributing editor of City Journal. He's co-author of a book called The Power of Bad. How the negativity affects rules, how, how negativity affect rules us and how we can rule it. And the subject in this City Journey Journal article that we're about to read from is, um, well, uh, taking a look at certain graphs and making certain comparisons. It doesn't appear that mask mandates did any good. He actually calls it maskaholics. Uh, Thirty-nine states
0: enforced mandates; eleven states never mandated masks. And it shows that uh, when you average out over the two years, that uh, both groups ended up with about the same rate of infection. The cumulative rate was about twenty-four percent in the mandated states and twenty-four percent or so in the non-mandated
2: states. Yeah, the graph is uncanny. There's one line showing, and it's. Uh... Uh, the ones indicated by uh, black, which is states that apparently is it the mandate or the no mandate. I can't even tell from this, but um, the, the both lines follow almost a similar pattern mm-hmm. through the years. It goes back to 2020 and takes us into early 2022. <laughs> and you can see that the states with the mask mandate versus the states without the mask mandate, uh, the up and downs are almost identical in terms of cases. Right.
0: And you know that in the mask mandate states, I mean, a, a lot of states, there's a very high compliance rate. Some states did not have a high compliance rate. Uh, it didn't matter. You ended up at 24%. Also, the, cu- the cumulative rate of uh, COVID deaths were virtually identical, too. In fact, there were slightly more deaths per capita in the states with the mask mandate. Yeah. And there's a book out by Ian Miller, a data analyst who created these graphs that Ken and I have been looking at. He's got a book called Unmasked. The Global Failure of COVID Mask Mandates, and the book documents how mask mandates are implemented without scientific justification, how they failed around the world, and how public officials and journalists have kept making fools of themselves by
2: pretending otherwise. And listen to this. In their pre-COVID planning strategies for the pandemic, neither the CDC nor the WHO World Health Organization recommended masking. Randomized clinical trials involving flu viruses that had shown, contrary to popular wisdom in Japan and other Asian countries, that there was no evidence that face masks are effective in reducing transmission. The WHO actually put that in some scientific literature. The pandemic planners at the United Kingdom's Department of Health had reached a similar conclusion. In line with the scientific evidence, the government will not stockpile face masks for general use in the community. And as you know, early on, Dr. Fauci was not a big fan of the masks. I'm talking about the first month this story started to break back in 2020. But apparently media hysteria and political expedience convinced Fauci, the CDC and the WHO to say, all right, wear the mask.
0: Because mandating masks gave the illusion that you're doing something.
2: It does. I thought, well, common sense told me, though, if you can block some of your viral load. You may not infect others. Doesn't that still hold? But the viral load was
0: 15 minutes if you were within six feet of somebody who was actively infected.
2: That's how you get infected.
0: Right. So right. walking walking through a grocery store, passing people for a few seconds was never going. Okay, to Oh yeah, that happen. was silly. It was never going to have But I meant like on the
2: plane. If let's say that the air filtration system wasn't great two years ago, and you're sitting next to someone for five hours on a flight.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a, a a more plausible reason, reason to wear a mask. Yeah. Right. Uh, it it had it had to do with what the air filtration was like. They, they had the three C's, and I forgot what the three C's. You, like stay out of crowds, stay out of uh, confined areas, and and something else similar. And it was like common sense that you probably would use in in a lot of cases in life. Right. Most people yes. don't want to be in 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 crowds. You don't want to be stuck in a confined area. Oh, and
2: C was uh, like close together. Um. And I'll add an S to that. A super spreader comes on the scene. I really believe that a lot of what propelled this virus in certain places and big outbreaks was just a super spreader situation. Whether or Mm -hmm. not it's somebody that just had a huge viral load or something like that. There was just something, some sort of uh, hysteria was associated with this in terms of uh, the virus sometimes. That's why you found like a bunch of people that went to a convention, all got COVID.
0: Yeah. Now, here's the thing, and this is where the media as a whole is so wildly hysterical and dishonest. Once it became a political symbol or religious symbol, the wearing of the mask, it means I believe science. It means I am against Donald Trump and all the rest of that stuff. Then all the left wing progressive woke hacks in the media started pushing that propaganda. And, and, and John Tierney calls it magical thinking. Magical thinking is another term for delusion. Um, the way like this oh, go ahead no the way the virus worked is it rose and it rose and subsided in different areas in the of the country at different times mask or no mask mask or no mask so if you had a rise in a non-mask area like the south it's like well see those are your those governors want to kill their their residents uh, oh, and that's a what the media
2: did—they cherry-picked. And then when the rates went down, and we know there was some surges in the Northeast uh, last winter. Uh, there's a story about Rhode Island. They got praised by Politico. Uh, a survey in the autumn of 2020 found 96% of Rhode Islanders were wearing masks. But then the state went on during the winter to suffer one of the nation's worst COVID surges.
0: Yeah, they called it the "wear your damn mask" policy in Rhode Island, and it looked like a big winner. How the smallest state engineered a COVID comeback because they had a quiet summer, and then the virus came roaring back in the winter with the same mask mandate and the same percentage of people obeying. It didn't matter. the the nope. the, the the masked states did not win, and the unmasked did not lose. It just depended on the time of year. The, the,
2: this virus ran in waves throughout geographical areas. And then, of course, two states that gave up on masks early, Florida and Iowa, apparently did better than the national average in measures of COVID mortality, as well as what they call the overall excess mortality. Oh, but the Washington Post the described... Of deaths more than normal from all causes, which I believe is a very important number. Because, you know, you—if someone pointed this out to me again in an email the other day. Just because somebody had COVID upon death doesn't mean they died of COVID.
0: No. And, by the way, all the people who died in 2020... 2020- would be dead by now anyway and most All of, the, of people, the people well I'm sorry No, no no let me I made a mistake in nursing homes
2: oh the elderly people yeah. right with yeah. their the
0: elderly people in nursing homes would have been dead in same thing for most of the people in nursing homes in 2021 they would have they would have checked out by now right. uh, that's why they look at excess deaths. how many extra deaths did you have outside the normal average uh, Washington Post had an article about Iowa called uh, welcome to Iowa a state that doesn't care if you live or die." They were wrong. They called uh, Iowa's policy reckless and delusional. Iowa's COVID death toll plummeted right after the article appeared.
2: And then he ends up comparing Germany and Sweden. Germany, there was a lot of compliance. 80% wore masks. (laughs) Only 10% of Swedes, on average, bothered to wear masks during the pandemic. And you look at the chart again. Not a big difference in COVID cases or mortality. Uh, Internationally,
0: USA Today had a headline, Czech Republic has life-saving COVID-19 lesson for America. Wear a face mask. Uh, But since then, the Czech death toll has been one of the world's highest. Thailand, Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Philippines, Uruguay, Chile, Poland, Hungary were all hailed as models of scientific enlightenment for their low infection rates and strict mask policies until, as usual, the masks suddenly lost their magical power.
2: In fact, he points out there's Japanese therapists who treat people that are maskaholics. They are mask dependent. Mm-hmm. They're paranoid. They won't take them off anywhere.
0: Yeah, that I thought was funny because you always get people who go. Well, you know, you know, in Japan they they wear masks all the time. It's like, yeah, it looks like they have a lot of therapists in Japan who are dealing with maskaholic issues.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Asian countries have been credited for, you know, starting the whole thing with masks because they had a lot of those, yeah. like the bird flu outbreak and yeah. such. But- I don't know
0: if the credit is the proper word. I think at some point it becomes a mental disorder if, you know, you're always wearing a mask. I mean, we, well, we survived, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of years without wearing masks. You, you you have an immune system that covers most things. Once in 100 years, you get something that the immune system can't handle entirely for a while. But mostly the people who died were the very old, and I mean the very old, or uh, those who had uh, what, four comorbidities, which means they, they had a lot of bad life habits.
2: All right. Six weeks ago, our dopey governor, Gavin Grusom, announced a new plan to deal with homelessness. Now we know who is attacking it, even if it doesn't work even if it's just newsome spouting something once again that doesn't actually become a, a reality, you're going to find out next the groups that are already objecting to this idea of the care court. We'll talk about it next. John and Ken, KFI, DayFI. I'm busy burning my mask. Get away.
0: <laughs> KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's, well, I want to be right.
2: environmentally correct. I'll just mask stomp. It's uh, no face diaper day. Well, maybe I'll dissolve them.
0: Yeah. I mean, there should be mass public destructions. Mass yeah. public destructions of masks.
2: I think they got the finger in the wind. The Biden administration is trying to figure out whether or not to challenge this. Yeah. Supposedly 60% of Democrats still believe in masks.
0: Okay. <laughs> so that's
2: their voters. So
0: Yeah, but who are they going to vote for? But where, I think that's they go?
2: soft. I call yeah. that soft. What I think a lot of them are, they're looking for the government and the experts to tell me what to do. And and if a judge says no, and then the CDC doesn't challenge it, maybe that's good enough for them. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: I think that's kind of how it works. I'm with waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for the experts. What are the experts saying? But they don't listen to the experts half the time. <laughs> More than half the time, they don't listen to them.
2: The experts said, "Send your kids back to school."
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know. I follow the well, science. Well, that's a
2: percentage of the Democrats, but I mm. think there is a, a significant percentage that also will just go with the tide. And now that the mask thing is gone, they're probably like, "Ah,
0: people have the right to uh, embrace a totalitarian government, but uh, I'm not. I'm not joining that party."
2: You want to wear your face diaper? It's fine. Go ahead. It's, it's yeah. a free country. That's right.
0: And uh, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna make you feel self-conscious about it.
2: Six weeks ago, uh, Dopey uh, Governor Gruesome made another one of his big announcements about homelessness. Besides spending billions more. He set up something called, or at least it's a bill that's being proposed in Sacramento, Care Court. Community Assistance Recovery and Empowerment Court. Empowerment. What, Empowerment <laughs> Court. That's when you know it's a lot of horse crap. So family members, health care providers, first responders could petition a civil judge to initiate a plan for eligible individuals who lack medical decision-making capacity to got kind of to boil that down basically the, the 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 bum you see on the corner who's out of his mind doesn't know what's going on in the world doesn't care leave me alone can be under the circumstances taken into custody yes. and given care
0: the drug addicts and crazy people yes. people whose brains no longer work they, they claim don't.
2: this would focus on the most vulnerable californians who have mental health conditions like schizophrenia or people that yes. have cycled in and out of hospitals and now, jails now
0: think about this right because
2: we see now this it does every- say the program would be voluntary but is it really? If you have the family member or some healthcare provider saying this person needs the care court, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, that uh, doesn't that doesn't flow. I, I, You're right; it does not make sense. You, you know, because it, it's not voluntary if you've got somebody else directing.
2: If it's completely voluntary, then this program's useless. which is why I suspected it from the beginning. But we're finding
0: out because that- it, yeah, it says here you, the 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 family members or other people could petition a civil
2: judge. Yeah, and that to me means that you, the individual who's being who's under the petition, you don't have a choice if the judge decides you need care and you need to get it well, now.
0: Or is it they're going to offer it to the person and they've got Who the right to could still to say it no down. and go
2: back in the tent?
0: Sounds like there's an escape hatch in here somewhere.
2: Yeah, this is why I don't trust Newsom. See, However, the- they didn't even get a hearing on this. He wants it in place by July 1. We don't know if it'll do any good. But it's worth talking about this because several groups, of course, the ACLU... Something called the Disability Rights California and the Western Center on Law and Poverty are opposing this vehemently. They're calling it coercive. Yeah. Should, should be it, coercive. And it should be coercive. I think that's, that's the theory. only way it's going to work. Exactly, you're exactly
0: right. I mean, there has to be coercion for people who are so uh, compromised. Their brain doesn't work. The drugs have destroyed their 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 willpower. Well, yeah, you have to do something about that. Otherwise, they're dying in the streets. And I'm not going to pretend to care about every person dying in the streets, but uh, not on not on our streets here. You go out to the so, desert and crawl under a rock and die if that's what you want to do. But you can't you can't die on the streets. You can't terrorize people. You can't expose yourself and walk around you know vomiting and injecting drugs and masturbating and uh, you know passing out and smashing. Sounds windshields. like a fun
2: day. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia Castillo, who's a policy advocate, that means a lobbyist for the Western Center on Law and Poverty. And by the way, apparently these groups have a lot of influence on the Democrats in Sacramento. So this bill could be dead on arrival if they stand in the uh, road and block it. Sounds but like, and they're bribed. She said, and this is important, we vehemently oppose the proposal because it has this coercive court process implemented and no right to housing. In fact, what they're upset with is the fact that it prioritizes treatment over housing. Yes. Think about that. See, this is the crowd that we've been talking about for yeah. years now. They think it's just a housing problem. Yeah. It's not mental illness or addiction.
0: You know what? They have a sick ideology that I'm not even going to try to understand. That makes zero sense. There's not an argument for that. These, they need mental health treatment. They need addiction treatment. Uh, the, the arguing over the parameters of a house sounds really, really stupid. These people Whoa. can't run a household. I mean, right. but what the what the F? I mean, it makes no sense. You know, you, you, you end up arguing with these people too long for too many years and you start losing your mind. There's nothing here to argue about. No, that doesn't work. Wrong. Get out. Shut up. Go away. You're ruining
2: life for everybody. Uh-huh. Although she does make the point, which could in the long run be true. The plan seems to be expanding the bureaucracy of homelessness services. What we refer to as the homelessness industrial complex. She could be right on that point. And that this could be another one of Newsom's ridiculous, uh, I want to make a big grand gesture speech. And then we actually see the money spent. It is just more bureaucracy and less problems fixing the homeless. problem. Well, well, if you hire
0: like the bureaucrat mentality. See, when I have encountered bureaucrats for anything, They're really kind of dull, lifeless people. They're not dynamic thinkers. So if you get a 1,000 of them together in one agency or 150 of them, what are you going to get? You're going to get that mediocrity multiplied by 150. You're not going to get decision makers. You're going to get buck passers. You're going to get people who layer on all kinds of rules and regulations so they can't be blamed. They're not responsible. You have to go to some other department. It's somebody else's job. That's what they do none of these people want responsibility they're kind of like homeless people in that way bureaucrats are similar they don't want the responsibility of their decisions of their policy
2: of being judged uh, as to whether their policies work or not andrew imperato executive director of disability rights california said we're open to changing the way this works if they start listening to us and take coercive approaches and court-ordered approaches off the table no. I think there's hope. If they no. do that, then this thing is no. worthless. No, no. If the, if, if the drug addict schizophrenic
0: is not ordered by a judge to be put in inside somewhere, then he's never going to go. It's been pro-
2: we, we tried this way. We've tried this way for the last 10 years. This is what years. all the, the, the what do they call the outreach workers do no, all no. day long. No. They talk to the homeless. Can <laughs> we do anything for you? Can we get you some? No. Nah. Right, they Here, walk away. Here's the answer. To all and these, we spend money on them doing this.
0: The answer to all these progressive uh, F-heads, these woke holes is, we tried it your way for 10 years. Massive failure. You had your turn. You you struck out over and over and over again. Okay? You're being demoted to the minors. Right. This is not a major league quality uh, ideology you have here. Does not work. Does not work. End of discussion. No further debate. Get the hell out.
2: Yeah, yeah, this idea that we just leave homeless people on the street to figure it out and they'll come to their senses and they'll come for services and treatment is BS. It's yeah. not going to just, happen. Go. It's made the problem 100 times worse.
0: Yeah, just got to keep telling them, sorry, you had your tri- you had your big try. Went on for years, didn't work. It means your, your ideas suck.
2: All right, when we come back on this same subject, we're going to talk about Malibu. Malibu, yes, that Malibu. It has homeless people, not a lot of them, but apparently they voted to come up with a plan. And it's controversial, but I think it's a good one next.
0: John and Ken KFI
2: coming up at 4
0: o'clock. We're going to talk to James bozagian who's a council member uh, for Calabasas.
2: Yeah, and... apparently George Gascon wanted to come before the Calabasas City Council and discuss his vision for the DA's office, and they're turning him down. Yeah. They don't want to hear from him. You'll hear the <laughs> reason why. It's dealing with a man by the name of Jeffrey Cooper, who has quite the list of uh, sex charges against him involving a child 10 years or uh, under. And it looks like this case has just languished at the DA's office because it's not gone to court. He's he's wandering free. He's wandering free. When you hear what he's done,
0: and and they've had 62, 62 hearings in court in four years, and the case still hasn't gone anywhere. So, Even he can get
2: 39 years to life in state prison with the charges. Shouldn't he be in jail until his he could uh, attack trial? another child? Right, doesn't make any sense. No, but this
0: is Gascon's world, and Gascon wants to meet with calabash City Council, and they're telling him to go stuff it.
2: This might be another guy who's going to tattoo Gascon's name on his face. <laughs> yeah, this Cooper guy. These uh, crimes are committed in the name of George Gascon. But talking about the vagrant problem, this story out of Malibu is absolutely fascinating. Of course, the version we're getting is coming from public radio. Malibu wants to shelter its unhoused somewhere else. Can they do that? It <gasps> starts by talking about a vagrant by the name of Aaron Marshall who started camping near the Malibu library. He walked 14 miles from Venice Beach looking for safety. Right. So He's... now, But look, now that's Malibu's problem. <laughs> This he found Malibu peaceful compared to the chaos of L.A. Uh, anyway, here's what happened and why we're talking about this. I, we tried to get somebody on from Malibu because this is fantastic and it meets what so many listeners have sent us in emails. Over the years, I can't even count them. The Malibu City Council recently voted unanimously in favor of a plan to reserve shelter beds Somewhere outside the city limits yeah. and offer the unhoused transportation to that location. The next part is where I'm talking about the listeners. It's from an attorney and, wow, be described as this an unhoused advocate
1: <laughs> by the name of Gary Blassie.
2: <laughs> Gary said, If Malibu can get away with this, why can't cities band together and build a massive camp in the desert? Yeah. He writes, "There's empty land around Manza, Manzanar. I don't know where that is. Manzanar in, is one in of the, the Owens s- Valley.
0: They, yeah, I've driven by that. It's one of the sites where uh, Japanese Americans were incarcerated during World War II. The and that's ja-
2: why he cited it because he's trying course. to compare it to incarcerated oh, yeah, people during World War Two. It's
0: always it's always over the top, stupid rhetoric. Like, no, it's not uh, in it, it's not internment camps." They're not going to be forced there. They're simply not going to be allowed to live on the streets of Malibu. You want you want, you want want homeless people in the Malibu hills? Malibu will burn down.
2: They've already had some problems.
0: They have a fire there every three years. They had two uh, homeless fires in Pacific Palisades uh, right next door just last year. Wait, wait, oh be,
2: yeah, that's the one that yeah. did the Bonin fire. The well, Bonin fire, yeah. There were several Bonin fires, but that was there were two one. specific Bonin
0: fires <laughs> across the street from uh, the Will Rogers State Beach uh, homeless right. village that he wanted
2: to build. Bonin, moron. Uh, oh, and then the next quote is also just a keeper. Uh, it's Sheila Kiel, the only county supervisor who said this is a flagrant abnegation of the city's responsibility to all its residents so oh so suddenly now this guy uh what's his name a, uh, aaron marshall right. is a resident right, the so guy that came camping from venice this is, oh and by the way i don't think he originated in venice i bet you he
0: came from out of state oh probably all yeah. right so he comes from somewhere out there shows up in venice venice is a little too nuts for him he walks 14 miles and now malibu is what obligated to find him a house
2: yeah. Like really? Said, you just show up and squat for a while. You're obligated to get
0: a house. Sheila Kulik, this is an abnegation. Like you know what that word means.
2: Somebody wrote that for her. Whistling through her teeth. The old crow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Malibu only has a small but growing fraction of the more than 66,000 people estimated to be experiencing homelessness throughout L.A. County on any given night. This is, of course, coming from Public Radio. That's why I enjoy the way it's written. But did you
0: see this, this awful philosophy from the Santa Monica mayor, Sue no. Himmelrich? And we have had business people on from Santa Monica, and yeah. she is uh, just a stubborn fool. <laughs> she says that uh, the idea that that a city providing this kind of assistance could draw more homeless to the area is a risk that I am personally willing to take. Oh, my God. The people who come here incrementally to get our services, if they'll take a roof over their heads, I'm happy to house them. It's if each each of us oh. took responsibility for the people in our jurisdiction, I think it would be a lot either, easier for all of us to have a comprehensive pr- approach.
2: Oh, dear God. You
0: hear How that? Is this woman not recalled? You people in Santa Monica... Your, your idiot mayor just invited the entire
2: world to come and get free yeah.
0: housing from her.
2: Looks like she's decided that if you're in uh, Santa Monica, we're going to find you a place to live. And again, a lot of times now, as we've learned this year, it's not about a tent or a shelter. They're going to build you permanent supportive housing. Yeah. They're going to spend the hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars to build you a nice apartment. And you'll have all sorts of counselors nearby and maybe a gym. And this is what they want to do. Because they believe this cures everything. So Calabasas
0: has this deal, an agreement with a facility in Van Nuys. There's one bed open 24 hours a day for any homeless person that gets shipped from Calabasas. They have an average of two homeless people a night.
2: Oh, that's a good one, too. So
0: one of the two gets
2: a bed in Van Nuys. (laughs) Isn't that funny that we're having a Calabasas city council member on? Yeah, we got to
0: ask him about that.
2: But we're going to talk to him about Gascon. Uh, When we return, we will be at the George Gascon recall desk to talk to a Calabasas City Council member. Uh, He has rejected the uh, idea that uh, DA uh, George Gascon will come and explain his vision to the Calabasas City Council. And you'll find out why. There's a lot of reasons crime is up there, but they have uh, one particular example of a man who's been charged with some horrible crimes that is still wandering the streets. That's next. Johnny Kencho, Deborah Mark has
0: the news. KFI AM six forty. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors
1: for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that you know Minnesotans have.
2: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
1: See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great
2: place to work, and even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com live. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket.